This is Free Talk Live, where you can get involved with the fight for freedom by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Great to be here. I am Gardner, filling in for Ian. And I'm Julia. And we are here today on this Friday because the boys from Free Talk Live are out trying to expand the program to bring the voice of freedom and liberty to everyone. This is where you can take over the airwaves, where the phones become part of the fun. The conversation is between you and us and the listeners out there. So get in touch with us at 800-259-9231. It's your program. You take over. Gardner here and Julia there. We're taking over the airwaves for a little while. Thanks to the guys who've given us permission, Mark and Ian, and they're out expanding, trying to contact even more stations, especially thanks to you and all of the folks who have been amplifiers to the program and provided a little bit of extra incentive for them to go out and get more stations involved with the conversation for freedom. Great to be here on a Friday, huh, Julia? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. So many things to discuss. Uh, I have to tell you, you know, I do a Monday through Friday show locally in New Hampshire. It's actually sort of a regional show. We go into Vermont as well. So there are a lot of stubs, subjects that upon which I've gotten a hit, and I'm very excited to be able to talk about some of these things. Let's just go through the roster of some of the some of the subjects. If you want to call us and bring up subjects of your own, join the fun at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, these are some of the things that I have been discussing today and that have popped up on my radar. And I know, Julia, you were looking at some of the same things. Some of the things for defending your freedom and trying to expand the purview of freedom, whether you're in the live free or die state, my home state, New Hampshire, or anywhere in the United States or the world, whether you're over at the Free Talk Live website on the BBS and posting stories and comments, or you're just talking to your friends. These are some of the things that I've been looking at. Washington, D.C., Dateline, Washington, checkpoints. Starting up this weekend, possibly, in a very troubled zone in Washington, D.C., warrantless stops of people in Washington by the D.C. police starting Saturday night. It says here, according to the Associated Press, drivers will have their IDs checked by officers and they will be turned away. Any who do not have the proper identification will be turned away, and if they do not have a legitimate purpose, even if they have a proper ID, they can be turned away by the D.C. police. They say, according to the Associated Press, it is a plan that has drawn swift criticism from civil liberties groups. This is Johnny Barnes, executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union for the National Capital Area. Quote, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights should not become the next victim of the street violence. This is an area where seven, uh, let's see, seven percent homicides rose seven percent in the city in 2007 after several years of decline. Lots to think about in that, considering the fact that the D.C. gun ban is up before the Supreme Court. It would be nice if they allowed these people to defend themselves there. And it's amazing that they don't allow them to defend themselves at the same time that the state is demanding proper identification to go into the ghetto. Does that remind you of anything from Europe at all, Julia? Well, you know, I was just thinking, when I'm picturing this, I see from the movie V from Vendetta, I see, you know, the government trucks going around looking for people. And essentially, what's the difference? 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely how much right. more Big Brotherish can can you get? You know, I was reminded last week when I was sitting in with Ian and Mark, and Ian uh, talked about Checkpoint USA. It's a great website. You can see the videos on YouTube as he played the audio of this one particular guy who's been challenging some of these checkpoints in Arizona that are 40 miles inside the Arizona borders. I was sent an email today after I talked about this on my program. And someone in New Hampshire said, we've got that here. We've got that in the Granite State. I believe that's true. Up north, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And they're deep, deeper within the borders. They're not at the borders. They're deeper within. Now, I'd like to know where these guys get the uh, idea that they can just randomly stop people without any probable cause. Well, they have guns, so. Oh, yes, that's right. They're agents of the state, and they're just doing their jobs. And they can apparently just do whatever they feel like doing. It's incredible to think about this. You know, a lot of people say, hey, you know, Gardner, why are you so critical of the current administration, especially in New Hampshire? You know, when I have a talk radio program, we get a lot of people who are sort of conservative or neoconservative Republicans. They they, they don't want to be too critical of Bush. They have some problems with Bush on spending and things like that. And they will not look. They, they just incessantly will not look look at the idea that George Bush has broken down the Fourth Amendment, he's broken down the constitutional strictures that guard our privacy and ourselves against unwarranted searches and seizures, against uh, unlikely and or, or unconstitutional and, um, and unjust uh, imprisonment. You look at other stories that have been happening, and they all seem to fit together in a way that tells me that we're in a lot of trouble right now regarding our privacy and our, our ability to be able to fight the government from taking us away if they want to. It seems that the type of people that you're talking about, they feel like, well, I don't have anything to hide, so you know, if I get pulled over, it's not going to be a big deal. That's exactly the mindset. Drugs. Yeah, that's exactly the mindset. That's precisely like. And you know what's and it's interesting? Dangerous. But that mindset is is pervasive also, Julia, when people go to vote on spending or on regulation. They'll say something to the effect of even on the local level, there'll be a proposal for a new baseball park. Well, of course, uh, if you vote against that, you're anti-communitarian. How could how dare you? How dare you not vote for the kids to be able to enjoy themselves? And what they don't realize is, look, I, when I vote, I'm not just voting for myself. I could give my own money to something. I'm voting to force someone to give up something, his livelihood. And it's the same sort of thing here. People think, well, you know, it doesn't affect me too much. I, I'm willing to accept that. It's No, no. It's not whether you're willing to accept that. If you're willing to accept higher security, you can go, say, work to try to privatize the security system on planes. You can try to have private police forces and private societies, which is exactly what I want. I want volunteerism. But don't vote to force somebody else to have to do something that he doesn't want to do. And that's precisely what we're getting here with the Bush administration. It's ridiculous. I don't think that Obama and Hillary are going to change this very much, do you? No, absolutely not. And that's yeah. actually one one of my problems with people who are solely anti-Bush yes. is that they, I mean, we've seen some really drastic changes with the Bush administration, but it's not like things were great before George Bush took office. This is years and years and years in the making. Yeah. I mean, it just gets worse and worse with every administration. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And uh, for those of you who are just joining us, I'm Gardner Goldsmith and she's Julia, and we're filling in for Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live. Our number is 800-259-9231. Let's get started on the weekend really well. 
We'll talk about that story, and we need to get into another story. This is one that I could not cover on my program. Uh, this one comes from the theguardian.co.uk. I want to tie them together and get your questions about whether or not you feel secure. Secure against possible Islamo-fascist terror or secure against your government. I feel a greater threat approaching me because of the government, particularly when I go and I watch things like the video that I see from Arizona, the checkpoints on YouTube. Here's a story about something about which I'm sure many people are unaware. The United States, according to The Guardian, is operating floating prisons to house those arrested in its war on terror, according to human rights lawyers who claim there has been an attempt to conceal the numbers and whereabouts of detainees. Details of ships where detainees have been held and sites allegedly being used in countries across the world have been compiled as the debate over detention without trial intensifies on both sides of the Atlantic. The U.S. government was yesterday urged to list the names and whereabouts of all those detained. This is two, two days ago, actually. Information about the operation of this has been sketchy. This is truly a remarkable story. Is this America that we live in? Well, I, I'm very, very troubled by this. And uh, we'll take your calls at 800-259-9241. Julia, before we do any of that, um, I just want to mention that sitting in on Free Talk Live is a great honor to me. Anytime I come in with uh, Ian and Mark, what these guys have done to support freedom is, is really amazing. And uh, I'm so pleased to be able to do this. And I also want to thank some of the folks who back up the program, uh, folks such as the Osbournes at SACL CAI. Uh, you know, coming up is Pork Fest very soon. If you get an opportunity, we're going to tell you more about SACL CAI. Of course, you know the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. But when you come to Pork Fest here in the state of New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, coming up this coming week, very soon, it's going to be a blast. You're going to see the fun tent for SACL. It's going to be so much fun. These guys back up freedom so much, and I can't thank them enough. I'm really glad to be here with you, Julia. I am as well. Okay, we are going to... This is Free Talk Live, where you control the airwaves. You direct the conversation by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line at 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, all across the U.S., and online at freetalklive.com, where you can listen live, check out the BBS, and also check out the camera as I, Gardner, fill in for Ian or Mark, and she... Is Julia. And she's filling in for one of the one of the remaining. It's great to have you here, everybody, on this Friday uh, good that we can get together, and uh, really appreciate the guys asking us to come in and fill in. Really, really good. Hey, listen, I uh, wanted to give you the heads up about some of the folks we were discussing just before the break, and then get right back into the stories and your calls. If you are involved with a company that needs to try to do something new in the area of collections, contact our friends at SACL, C-A-I, Jason Osborne and the gang. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees, and I have met them, they're great, are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients as well. SACL, C-A-I, S-A-K-A-L-C-A-I.com online. Check out their banner at Free Talk Live or just stop by the 
the Free fun State tent. Projects Fun Tent. Exactly. Coming up at Pork Fest, it is going to be an awesome time. I'm going to be there. I'll be hosting a bunch of the panel discussions, Julia. I know Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting. Is it all week you guys are going to be Yeah. There? Well, Thursday through Sunday, I believe. Well, Sunday, there's no show. So okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be great. And people who have not quite made the decision to come up, Call some friends, contact people, get a, get involved at the Free Talk Live BBS and ask people if they're heading past your, your direction. Hitch a ride because we want you here. We want to get as many people located to the center of freedom uh, in the United States that we can. Live for your die, New Hampshire. If you've never been, it's a great time. It really is. It is. There's something for everybody. And and uh, no better time to do it. You know, we uh, broke off the conversation talking about what's happening in Washington, D.C., where they infringe on the people's right to be able to defend themselves, which is an innate inborn right. And, yes, Julia? Well, I was just going to say, we actually have a call that a caller who would like to talk about that. Well, let's get right to it. It is Matt in South Carolina. Matt, thanks for the call at 800-259-9231. You're on Free Talk Live. How are you doing, Matt? You there, Matt? Hey, Matty, are you with us? Yes, Matt, we can hear you. Go for it, my man. You're on the air. Okay, going once, going twice. Matt, we'll put him on hold and continue ta- chatting and see if we can bring him back. I figured I'd take Ian's cue on that. Okay, now, uh, where we left off, I was talking a little bit about this other story. Uh, not only are our rights being infringed with the gun rights, but in District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., they are putting up checkpoints for security. This is just the kind of thing that they did in the Warsaw Ghetto. This is precisely what they did for security reasons. First, they take away the weapons, and then they start setting up roadblocks. And if you don't have a legitimate purpose to go into certain areas in Washington, D.C., where violence is really high, and of course violence is probably very high because of the illicit drug trade and the fact that they can't turn to the law to be able to get any sort of resolution to the problems they might have with contract problems and drugs uh, because of the drug war, the uh, the violence is very high there. Then we have another story we were talking about. The United States using perhaps 17 ships as floating prisons to keep people off the shores of the United States so they can treat them any way they want to and not conform to U.S. law. Well, what I think is so funny about this is we see all the time um, the government doing things that are not in compliance with U.S. law. On a regular basis on so U.S. I, soil, so I don't even understand why they bother going across seas. <laughs> I don't. It's an excellent point, Sad, Julia. but true. You're absolutely right, you know, and, and we, we go all the way back to a number of Supreme Court precedents where, and you know, I try to explain this to people. Um, you know how I, I, I put the book out, Live for Your Die, and people have read that who are sort of neocons, and they get incensed at me because there's a piece I wrote, which was actually also published online first, about Guantanamo and about how the United States government under George Bush didn't want a declaration of war because they didn't want to have to conform to the Geneva Accords. And they sent, um, what's his name, Alberto Gonzalez out to Congress in 2002 to ask Congress not to declare war. Now, regardless of whether we declare war or not, if people read the Geneva Accords, the U.S. government is supposed to conform to the Geneva Accords, and it doesn't matter whether uh, we're at war technically or not. If we're engaged in a military conflict, we're supposed to give these guys all of the... Um, all of the amenities and all the respect that's afforded them under the Geneva Accords, the protections of them. But they didn't. They brought them to Guantanamo, and they said, well, they're not on U.S. soil. If they, if they aren't prisoners of war, since we didn't declare war under the U.S. Constitution, they're not prisoners of war, right? This is the, this is the sort of childish kindergarten mindset these pinheads have. 
So they think George Bush and, and Ashcroft and Rumsfeld and all these all these guys, Gonzalez, they all think, well, we didn't declare war. So, um, yeah, we can hold them as non-prisoners of war. Well, if they're not holding them as prisoners of war, they're holding them as something else, what do they have to do? The only way that they can hold them is under some sort of U.S. criminal law, U.S. criminal code. you got to cite the code. You say... You are being held for this particular reason. You're going to be tried as X or Y or Z. And if they are terrorists, let's say, they're supposed to be tried under U.S. criminal code for terrorism, like they did for the Simeonese Liberation Front, for all these other different things, for terrorists. And they won't do that. So then the terrorists... How convenient. Yeah. The guys that they've arrested, I should say, the suspected terrorists... They are then held indefinitely, some five or six years. Some of them were let loose, let go. And, you know, one, one guy was a cab driver. He was, he, was, he was held for five years without even a, a, a habeas corpus hearing to show that they had evidence against him. And what do you do if you get placed, if, if you're unfortunate enough to be placed in one of these camps, who, what can you do? You can't call anybody to come help you. You don't get a trial. You don't get yeah. lawyers. None yeah. of that. I yeah. mean, everything that this, our system that's supposed to be fair and just is built on just goes right out the window. Now, under the Patriot Act, until it was re- revised, you could, if, if the United States had decided, the United States government decided, you could have been categorized as an enemy combatant. You could have been arrested and held without trial. For years, just like the foreigners could have. And until recently, you couldn't have even told an attorney. Because that would be divulging some sort of state secret. It would be communicating outside. You, you would have no avenue of recourse whatsoever. And they've adjusted it a little bit. Uh, but they have made it such that the United States government can still hold the foreigners. The Congress allows the government to hold the foreigners without trial. It's it's truly, it's it's pretty sad. And it's embarrassing for me. If I go to another country and I sit there, I'll be in England. They're like, what are you, what's going on? I'm like, sorry, you know, what can I tell you? You know, the constitutional safeguards, they're not worth anything. Which I think ought to tell people something. You know, we've spoken about this before, Julia, on the show. All of the laws, all of the paper that they write, all of these different types of things that they write, they don't hold politicians back. No. Because it's slow change over time, and most people, people today that that um, that were not around when the Constitution was written, they're used to the way things are today. Mm-hmm. So when we get a little more laws, a little more laws just added on slowly over time, it doesn't really mean anything to them. They say, oh, well, I mean, I'm free enough to wake up and go to the store and buy my own car, and, and they don't even really give this any thought, and most of them don't really know anything about the Geneva Convention and all oh, of that stuff, know, so they have no frame of reference. And you know what gets really people, they get really angry at this, especially if they've been in the military, they have military families, they get angry when we talk like this. Yes. Because that sounds anti-American. Well, you know what? There's a difference between being a true freedom lover and a nationalist. Yes. And I'll, I'll be a freedom lover any day of the week. That's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live, where you control the airwaves by calling us at 800-259-9231. This is Gardner. And Julia. And we are here at your disposal, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231, where you control the airwaves and you control the fun. And it's very good to be sitting in for Ian and Mark tonight and also tomorrow as they travel and do a little business for the radio program. Good to have you here, everybody. Hey, Julia. Yes. I got a little reminder, folks. Uh, You know, we've been talking about the Free State Project, Pork Fest, things like that coming up. And if you're thinking about coming to New Hampshire, you might be thinking about investing in some real estate in New Hampshire. Well, Mark Warden is your connection to home rentals and land in the Free State. You can look for him next weekend at Pork Fest in the Exhibitor's Tent. His name is Mark Warden a first 1,000 member of the Free State Project and your Porcupine Realtor. Check him out. Mark Warden, folks. I hope you will give him some serious consideration. Okay. Now, we've been talking about a number of subjects. I just want to go back very quickly and recap. D.C. going to be setting up warrantless searches at people's cars. If you don't have the right ID or reason to be in the area, you're in trouble. And... There is a report from The Guardian in the U.K. that there are at least 17 ships operating off the coasts of various countries, United States naval ships, that have detained people and are torturing, possibly, people. They're calling them torture ships. Let's go right to the phones. Matt is back. And uh, where's Matt calling from, Julia? South Carolina. Hey, South Carolina, SC. Matt, thanks for the second attempt. Appreciate it, and welcome to Free Talk Live. Hi guys, how are you doing tonight? Great, great. Thanks for thanks a lot for sticking in there, buddy. What's up? Um, basically, I'm calling. Um, I'm a podcast listener, and this is one of the first times I've been able to call in. And um, are you guys familiar with the case of Heller versus DC? Yes, the one before the Supreme Court right now. Uh, yes, and yes. Um, I, I know Mark and Ian a lot of times mention, you know, what's it going to take to make you move um, to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And interestingly enough. I, I've seen news reports from the Secretary of State of Montana that Montana is actually threatening to secede. Yes, it's good news. They very good um, news. And it's it's rather frightening when you think of what's happening in D.C. where they're trying to take away people's guns. And when I personally, I mean, I'm not a legal scholar, I'm not a lawyer, mm-hmm. but when I look at the Second Amendment, it says, shall not be infringed. And I don't see how the Supreme Court could possibly interpret it to mean that you can restrict people's rights to own guns, but I believe that what they'll do is they'll overturn the law because if they up, if they will uphold the law because if they overturn it, it would open the floodgates in their eyes and people would be able to arm themselves with whatever gun they want. And the guns government are scary. cannot allow freedom in, to that extent because then people will be able to defend themselves against the encroachment on their rights that the government is planning in, in the future years. That's right, Matt, right. I think one of the things that bugs me so much about that is when you look at the numbers, it appears that there is a direct correlation with low crime and gun laws. I mean, New Hampshire has some of the least restrictive gun laws in the country, and it has some of the lowest crime. And places like New York City and Washington, D.C., which you can't even carry a BB gun, I don't think, without a permit has extremely high crime. Absolutely right. If you look at, and, and Matt, you probably checked this, this out, many uh, audience members have, and I hope that you'll suggest it or, or just buy an extra copy and put it in somebody's hands, uh, the book More Guns, Less Crime by John Lott, 
who's uh, a guy from uh, originally a, an economist. He used to work up in the University of Chicago, and I think he's since gone to some other schools. But absolutely great book, and he has another one called The Bias Against Guns. And he did the first, first cross-temporal and uh, cross-cultural study, really uh, strictly looking at what happens when you allow for concealed carry or open carry. And what you tend to get is you see, in fact, in all cases, you see drops in violent crime, increases in certain other types of nonviolent crime, and increases out side of the areas where they allowed for people to be able to hold on to their weapons and it's quite interesting and you also see he brought brings up statistics for example um in the united states we have a much uh, lower hot burglary rate uh, and hot burglary is when someone goes in without having cased someplace in england they have a much higher hot burglary rate because they're not worried uh, who's inside or not because they'll just go in because they don't think anybody has any sort of firearm to hurt them and in England, they've they've taken it to a new level. Oh, it's Didn't extreme. they ban kitchen knives? I think most recently, uh, they, or proposed it. They've been working. I think they've proposed. They've they've banned things like samurai swords. Kitchen <laughs> knives could be next. Uh, you used to you used to only be able to own a twenty two caliber firearm Can if it was locked in a cabinet at a gun gun club. Uh, so when someone breaks into your home, you're just going to go down to the gun club? Yeah, and hold on a minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> hey, mate, uh, you, can you give me a lift after you steal my car? And I'd just like to get my gun. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> it's totally insane. And, you know, Matt, I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, hearing that from Montana is absolutely fantastic. And the governor of Montana, I believe, is a Democrat. And as you said, he said if the Supreme Court comes down the pike with that ruling and they rule that it is not an individual right to keep and bear arms – uh, by the way, what other rights are there than individual rights? If you have a group right, what the heck does that mean, right, Matt? It's insane. It makes no well, sense. The, the interesting thing is I'm actually originally from New York, and I live in South Carolina now, and yeah. I, I own two firearms, and both of them would be illegal if I were to take them back with me to New York because they're the, either the magazine is too too large or they have special features. And the thing is, I feel a lot safer. I don't live in a rough neighborhood, but I know that if anyone comes into my house, I can defend myself. Whereas in New York, I knew that there was nothing I could do, especially because the thing is that nothing is going to, you can make all the laws you want, but nothing is going to stop criminals from getting a hold of guns. I know Mark one time mentioned he had being a convicted felon. He could get a gun within 15 minutes if he wanted to, but he's going to obey the laws that the state has imposed upon him, and he's going to live in a situation where he can defend himself and it's just so frustrating when the thing is that laws only keep honest people honest. They're not going to deter criminals from doing things that are against yeah. the law. Like this piece of paper that they've written is just magical, and they write it down, and poof, the criminals don't they don't want guns and, anymore. And, you know, it really brings to mind, I think it calls into question the structure of a criminal justice system, Matt, that says that a prisoner is free to go, that he's done his time and paid his penance and is safe to go out into society, but somehow someone is not safe enough to be able to exercise his so-called innate right to be able to defend himself with a firearm. If he's not safe enough to be able to uh, allow him to hold a firearm, should a person really be put back into society? There's a real disconnect there. Thank you so much for the call from South Carolina, Matt. It's good to have you in the audience. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line here at Free Talk Live. And uh, let's go to uh, Michael in New Hampshire. Who wants to chat with us right now? Looks like he's on the amp line. Michael, are you there, my friend? Oh, good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, how's Hello. it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm back here in Manchester and uh, catching up on everything just before Pork Fest. 
Excellent. I'm looking forward to this. I'm only I'm going to stop by during the evenings, I think, and then uh, Friday night I'll be there for quite a while. Saturday I think I'm going to be there all day. I'm hoping to sell some copies of my book. I'm waiting for them to arrive, and I, I hope people like might want to buy my book too, which will be great. But it's just going to be a blast. I'm really looking well, forward to it. I yeah. want to buy an electronic copy of your book, but I, hmm. I can't seem to. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. I, I like know. handheld books. I don't know. Maybe it's nostalgia, but I love sit laying down and reading a, a handheld book. Yeah, I just I'll have to can't look into that with on. the publisher though. Yeah, thank you very much. So what can we do for you tonight, my friend? Well, uh, you, you mentioned something earlier about uh, making people disappear, and that's, uh, that's just not something that can happen up here in New Hampshire. We've got, uh, and I don't know if you've uh, listened to the show this week, but we've been talking a lot about the, uh, the technologies we've got developing here, like the Porcupine 411 and yes, that's uh, great. the 911 that's... system that's up and coming. People aren't familiar with that. You might want to just sort of reiterate. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant idea, and I love it. In fact, we were sort of talking about that a number of months ago. I said, you know, somebody should do sort of some, some sort of a circle in case something happens. And Gene's like, oh, they're already working on that guard. So tell, <laughs> tell everybody about that. Well, the Porcupine uh, 411 system is, is pretty simple. If, if something's going on, you call a number, you leave a short message, and you say, hey, this is happening right here, location, time, whatever, and uh, any suggestions for what people might be able to, might want to do. And that audio message gets blasted out to people's email boxes and uh, people's cell phones, and now it's available on a podcast as of today. Mm. So people can get those messages from anybody that calls it about whatever is going on. It's and a great idea. If you got the blue light gang behind you, then uh, that's definitely something going on. So, hey, listen, Michael, um, you got something? You want to continue this uh, over the flip side after these spots? You want to stick with us? Certainly. All certainly. right, great. Hold on the line. Michael in New Hampshire will be with us, and you can too. Here at. Free Talk Live, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. We're talking about freedom, individual liberty, and you. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your avenue of escape if you want to talk about freedom, individual liberty, and the expansion of those freedoms. Free Talk Live is the place where you can go. Go to freetalklive.com. Check out all the great, great things at the website, including everything that's free. They've got, I don't know how many programs that are stored up there that you can download for free. Always updated, always available for you. Free Talk Live. Check out the Shrine of Female Listeners, which I always love to check out since I'm a single guy, and it's uh, always a pleasure. Hey, I'm a taken girl and i like to look at the you're free on, i yeah, like to look at the right. shrine you're on the so. shrine and your picture's over there too i'm gardner and she is julia and we're filling in for ian and mark tonight and uh we're continuing our conversation 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll-free line let's get back to michael who called us on the amp line in new hampshire we'll tell you about amp in just a little while michael thanks for sticking around appreciate it oh no problem it's uh, always a pleasure guard thanks man it's great to talk to you really really great so now Tell me, we were talking a little bit about the Free State Project, Washington, not Free State Project, Porcupine 411. Uh, this is something that people have started up. It is a way to disseminate information very, very quickly. And i got to tell you, uh, based on some of the things that I've seen, some of the things that about which I've become concerned, I think very soon in the state of New Hampshire, as the Free State Project builds and grows and more people move here, uh, this is the type of thing that is going to become very, very important. I'm not thinking 
necessarily, Michael, that there will be confrontations that will come up between the authorities on a very large-scale basis. But it is good to be able to get the word out already. They have done things for people like uh, Dave Ridley, Lauren Canario, and things like that, haven't they? Oh yes, it's been it's been very useful for that for for getting information about, out when they've when they've had confrontations with the uh, with the blue light gang or or whoever. So uh, that's that's one thing it's used for. It's it's also been used for just to let people know that uh, there's an event going on, like a, a gathering of liberty lovers, something impromptu or or short notice, whatever. Yeah. But uh, and. We're also, uh, I'm also in the middle of that. At Porkfest, you'll probably see me coding furiously on my laptop to get the new Pork 911 system up, which uh, will work similarly, except when you call, you'll actually talk to a live local activist here in New Hampshire who can do whatever you need. That's a I mean, great idea. And oh. I, I can't begin to imagine the ways that this will be used, but uh, one of the things I imagine is that... Uh, if the if the blue light gang gets to you, then you may call and say, "Hey, they're coming for me," and uh, get the word out. Exactly. Yeah, that's they're coming excellent. for me, and beep. Yeah, you know, you know, Michael. One of the things that strikes me is there's there's a really good book called The Tragedy of American Compassion by uh, Marvin Alasky, and he goes through uh, what happened. Uh, up until maybe the mid 1800s in the United States history, and Alexei de Tocqueville wrote about it in his in his great study uh, Democracy in America. You know, originally he came to the United States to study prisons, and he was so impressed by people helping their neighbors, by this close kinship that people had, even in the cities. They they did it on four square block areas where you know somebody had a problem. Joe's barn burned down last year. We all pitched in and helped them helped them out. It was great. And uh, you know what? I remember Joe came back to me when, uh, you know, my daughter was sick. And, man, I mean, he helped out. I had to take her to Boston, and he, you know, he ran my farm for five days. The guy was great. He really paid me back. That was awesome. It was that sort of, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, but in an open way, friendly neighborliness that existed in the United States. And that's what the Free Free State Project really embodies here. When people move here, people help them move. When they have problems, uh, people get in touch with each other. It really is the essence of volunteerism, which has been, I think, squashed and and perhaps smothered by the state intervening with all of its programs and all of the attendant baggage that it has. Well, you know, Ian says, and uh, I agree, that we have to build voluntary alternatives to the the state systems, and that's, that's what this is all about. And uh, you're kind of leading into the real reason I called, which was uh, because of Dave Ridley, for the, of the Ridley Report. Oh, what's that? And, and uh, he is actually, I, I learned today, I read on uh, the NHLA forum today, that he is uh, considering running for state rep here in Manchester. Oh, that would be great. Dave's a great guy. Oh man, that would be fantastic! You know what he should do? He should run. He should run for state senate because there are seats opening up for state senate. Well, I, don't, I don't think he's been here seven years yet. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah, yeah. we we need to get some free state or senators in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you, you read that on the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance forum? Yes, I did. But uh, he needs some encouragement. So uh, Dan here set up a uh, pledge bank for him slash Ridley report. Yeah. And uh, we're all going to donate a hundred dollars to him if he decides to run. Oh boy, that that would be fantastic. Uh, do you do you have the URL for that, or is there a link over? Um, yeah, pledgebank.com/slash/ridleyreport. Pledgebank.com/slash/ridleyreport. That is great. Pledgebank.com/slash/ridleyreport. Michael, this is excellent. It's really good to hear this right now. Of course, Joel Winters, 
uh, Free State Project member is in there now as a Democrat, and it would mm-hmm. be great to see more people going in there. What about you? Would you ever think about running? Uh, well, I haven't been here two years yet, but uh, I will definitely consider it. All right. All right, my friend. Please do so, okay? I certainly will. All right. Thanks a lot for the call from New Hampshire, Michael. Great to Always talk to you. a pleasure. You. you got it. We'll talk to you over the week, Ned. And uh, let's see. Oh, hey, yes. We have uh, another Mike in Ottawa. Mike, what's happening, man? Two mics Hi, in Gar- a row. Thanks, thanks for taking my call. No problem. No I'm problem. I'm asleep here waiting for you, but... Thank you for calling. Appreciate okay, it. Welcome off, to Free Talk Live. What's happening, man? Am I talking man? too loud on the phone? It's very hard to hear you. No, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Now, my interpretation of history was always that people in Canada were the cowards that ran from the British. But the more I hear about what's going on in the United States, I'm wondering which gene pool is which. <laughs> Well, you know, we certainly seem to have an aversion and a fear to allowing people the freedom to fail here, that's for sure. What's going on? You were the guys that stood up to a superpower, didn't you? Well, supposedly... I'm an Irish boy from the potato famine, so it's after my time. <laughs> the interpretation of history I get is that you guys took on the biggest superpower, and you were a bunch of peasant farmers, but now you're scared to talk to a cop on the street? Well, you know, it's it's very troubling to me that, uh, unfortunately, the cops that we originally brought in to be peacekeepers and peace officers are now acting more like the red-coated agents of Her Majesty or His Majesty in the U.K. than the very police that we supposedly brought in to help enforce the laws that are based on Lockean natural rights ideas, which is we should be left alone. And now the government is messing with us more and more and more. I think there's a, a very healthy fear that everyone needs to have of police authority. Well, the thing in, in Canada, I, I guess it's a little different because here, the police mess with you, some nasty lawyer from Toronto or Vancouver slaps their face and somebody gets sued and it's over. Mm. There, you're talking like it goes much further than that. Oh, it does. You can't, you know, it's very interesting. The The police here are becoming militarized. I don't know what they're like with the RC, uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP. They're nice uh, guys. They, they are get nice guys. Death like we do. Well, you know, a lot of the cops I know around here are nice guys too. Uh, you look at, for example, if you go to that uh, website, checkpointusa. Uh, I think it's dot com or dot org. I can't remember which. If you see the videos on YouTube of these guys, they're they're nice people, and they'll say over and over again, "I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job." You know. Uh, can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah, sure thing. As soon as you said that, you know what it, remind, it reminded me of? Yeah. I heard that Hitler once said, put a uniform on a man, you can get him to do anything you want him to do. Well, that's a pretty... pretty. Uh, just clicked into my head right there. That's a pretty astute memory, man. Hey, listen, we're just up going to be up against the clock. Any other thoughts? Uh, you know, coming from Ottawa, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Coming from Ottawa... How's it like to be taxed to death? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we're not that far behind as far as tax death is concerned. Yeah, we're oh, not that far behind. And, you know... Really, in, you have no idea what it's like here. Oh, I'm sure it's bad, but it's... Getting I got worse my here. The other day, fifty-three percent deductions, forty-seven percent. I get to keep. Ouch! Wow, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I have a friend who used to live in Oshawa, and um, and we used to talk about this a lot. Oh, we he used didn't to talk- work for GM. No, he did not. He worked for Outer Limits in their their, uh, their writing department. But we used to talk about the the problems of the Canadian system. You know, the semi socialized, uh, then purely socialized, almost uh, system of healthcare that they have there. And um, in order to change it, a lot of people say you have to have it brought down to its knees. Um, There are a lot of people out there who are very disappointed with the way the Canadian health system has been going. But do you think that there will be any changes? Do you think they'll just sort of tinker with it? I don't think there will ever be a change here. Yeah, I didn't think so either. 
And uh, do you think you'd love to move to New Hampshire and join us here in the free state? Well, under NAFTA, I can work there, and sometimes I'm really thinking about it. Oh, but you see, we can't have you come here because you're a foreigner, and foreigners are evil if they work here. Oh, give they me can a take an American... break. We're probably related genetically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, great to get the call, Mike. Really appreciate okay, it. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very much. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And, you know, Julia, Ian is, um, is often, I think, becoming famous for mentioning that working within government won't help. For example, you know, Dave Ridley thinking about running for office. I say, you know what, let, let each person do what he thinks he can do. Since, I agree. Uh, you know, since government exists, go for it. Uh, don't get burned out, Dave, please. If you're going to run, go for it. You're going to cause all those people all sorts of problems now, up there. Be prepared for some treacherous waters. Yes, yes. Hour two of Free Talk Live is coming up. You control the airways. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, where you take control of the airways by calling us at the SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231 every Monday through Saturday. You are usually joined by Ian and Mark, but tonight it is Gardner and it is... Julia. And we are here for you, and we're getting ready to go into our number two of Free Talk Live. Julia, getting right back in front of the microphone. That was really funny, Julia. <laughs> She has one of those split-level chairs, and I don't know how that worked, but she got right back up. I just fell out of my chair right before, the, right before the segment started. <laughs> You're a funny woman, girl. It's good to work with you. Okay, Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com. Check out all the uh, special perks of getting involved. And don't forget, you can become an amper and help Ian and Mark spread the word of liberty and spread the word about getting to New Hampshire and joining us. We'll tell you more about Pork Fest coming up very, very soon. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, we're all going to be there. It's going to be a blast. It's Absolutely. really going to be fun. And June, no better time. Uh, so we've got our number one out of the way, a number of stories. Remember the number, 800-259-9231. Ian and Mark are away right now trying to expand the number of stations that will be tuning into this program. And I want to thank a couple of the stations that uh, are involved themselves. Uh, KTAE and uh, out of uh, Waco, Texas, 94.3 FM and WVTS, 950 AM, Charleston, West Virginia, among many so we're all over the world, all over the United States, through the Internet at freetalklive.com, where you can listen live. And, of course, you can check out our amazing webcam, or you can also uh, listen to some of the affiliates. Okay, let's get back into hour number two with a number of stories and your calls. You control the airways, the phones, and the fun. Julia has lots of information for us coming out. Julia. Uh, first, I think we should go to the phones. Yes, We have my Tom in New Hampshire who wants to talk about the war on drugs. All right, Tommy, baby. New Hampshire, what's happening? Well, it's not what happened here in New Hampshire. It's what happened in Monteagle, Tennessee yesterday. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you do a, a news uh, website search on that Monteagle, Tennessee, you'll find that the uh, the cops went to arrest a guy on a warrant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy borrowed one cop's gun and settled the matter out of court. And, oh, the undertaker straightened out that cop. And so then the question arises, what was the guy uh, getting arrested for? Mm -hmm. I mean, was he getting arrested for robbing a bank, or was he getting arrested uh, for, uh, like Ed and Elaine Brown, innocent people, or or what was it? Well, he was getting arrested 
on a warrant for violating his probation. And what would the probation I'm, dealt with what? I'm glad you asked it. See, some people don't even take it that far. All they need to know is that the cops were trying to arrest somebody, mm-hmm. and therefore, supposedly, the cops are in the right. And yes, the that's what it's always assumed as. keeps brainwashing everybody into portray- by portraying the cops as fallen heroes. It was probation for a felony drug conviction. That's what I'm reading in the news report there. Of course. And so, therefore, they had no right to require compliance with the probation because the Tennessee legislature never had any right to impose the drug laws on the guy in the first place. Right, right. And, therefore, the the government was totally in the wrong. The cops, of course, chose to commit the unprovoked violence by trying to arrest the guy when the guy was innocent of any uh, actual wrongdoing. He was just exercising his right uh, not to comply with a restriction that they never had any right to impose on him. Well, you go through the list pretty well there, Tommy Boy, and I agree with you. And, uh, you know, i got to say, and thank you for the call, by the way, Tom. You know, it's a good subject to introduce because this is the kind of thing that, well, you see often, and I think tracing it back is nice. You look at, look, the, the original felony conviction was incorrect. He wasn't hurting anyone, bringing direct harm to anybody's property. And that's if you accept even the, the bare paradigm under which we're supposed to operate government, which is to protect individuals and their property from encroachments by others and, you know, individuals and their lives and their property. Um, I, I don't accept that. I go further into saying that we should have voluntary societies. I'm in, 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 I'm a total free marketeer, uh, just as, as Ian is. I am too. Yes. And I wasn't. I think that it sounds nice, the government here to protect us and who will protect us if there isn't a government and all that. Yeah. But wh- what good did it do? I mean, it's only yeah. 200 years later, and look how That's, humongous. Boy, you hit it exactly. You know, it's funny you should bring that up, Julie. I was talking to my mother about this, and I said, look, Mom, the, the problem is that once you accept the idea that government has to be created to protect you, you accept the idea that whatever that government is can arbitrarily, through the majority, let's say, decide how much money of yours is going to be taken to create the police force to protect your money. Which is a total circular. It's circular logic. It's it's it doesn't work properly. You can't. It's a disconnect. There's no possible way that you can get an ethical system which forcibly takes your money in order to protect your money or your property or your life. So from there, you then get into the ex- thought experiment experiments of well, what other system could we have that could work where people wouldn't be preying on each other, the strongest against the the weakest, and so on. And the market has been shown to do just that. It works. It seems to be more responsive to government. It's more ethical than government. And I think even on defense, uh, in defense areas such as police, uh, it is a much better way to go to have voluntary societies. This, this drug war, this is just a perfect example of the expansion of the state beyond what even the bare government people accept. And you can't resist this. Once you accept the government as a protection force, you're going to start to use the government. It's inevitable. Politicians get in. They start to use the mechanism to aggrandize power to themselves, to bring special favors to their friends, or to manipulate people because they don't like the way they're living. You know? 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us. Julia, what were you thinking about, my friend? Me? Yes, yes. I see you sort of like, hmm, yes, yes. Well, I, you know, I, I, I was actually thinking about what I was going to have for dinner at, at the next break. But. <laughs> I personally have to tell you that I never did drugs when I was a kid, you know, and I always thought, look, you know, it's stupid. I don't want to get involved, that sort of thing. 
I did and, a lot of drugs when I was a kid. Well, you know, and you're brought up thinking, oh, this is so bad, this is terrible, this sort of thing. But, you know, the, the ingestion of a drug, the possession of a drug, the possession of anything that is not used to hurt somebody else directly. It's nobody else's business. Who cares? It's yeah. totally ridiculous. And some drugs... and. I would I would never come out and say I think people should or should not use drugs. Everybody is different. Drugs are all different. That's one thing that really bothers me is drugs to most people is sort of this all the drugs that are illegal, they go under this just big dark dark evil drugs, right? right? right. But they're all completely different. Some of them can be used for good, some of them are absolutely terrible. And most of my drug experience had an extremely positive effect on my life, and I never did anything too stupid, and and I wouldn't take it back for anything. That's interesting. You know, uh, if only you were involved with a pharmaceutical company that had enough clout and could lobby Congress, then maybe you could get a monopoly for a certain kind of drug that, uh, you know, could currently be illegal right now. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us. Hey, I want to give you the heads up about something. Uh, this is a little something fun. What mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? And who is Poopin von Schnurgenberger? And why does he call himself an anarcho-poopalist? What the hell is an amphibious rotini monster? Who is the anarchy boogeyman? And should you be afraid of him? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a web comic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check in every Friday, that's today, yes indeed, for a new strip and find bonus material throughout the week, all at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. Well, speaking of Schmergenberger. We have someone on the line who wants to talk about to the, about the Bilderbergers, which I think might be related to Schmergenberger. Ah, yes, indeed. Okay, uh, let's go with this. Julia, who is that? Uh, Tim in Wisconsin. Tim, Wisconsin. How you doing, brother? What's happening? Good. Uh, well, I told the man that first came on the phone uh, about me, um, what I wanted to talk about is, yeah, I have to mention Alex Jones, you know, what, what I told some woman on the chat of a program called Everybody, you know, about, um, you know, how, 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 how um, much more hopeful it made me feel why, uh, why I heard, you know, Alex Jones, you know, saying stuff. You know, make it sound more hopeful about about us winning. All right, tell you what, hold on, get your thoughts collected. We'll bring you back after this commercial break. We're going to hear from some of the folks who back up Free Talk Live. And you can participate. Take over the airwaves, folks. SACL CAI's toll-free line is 800-259-9231. I'm Ian. She's... You're not Ian. You're Gardner. And I'm Julia. Yes, this is Gardner, and she's Julia. And we are taking over Free Talk Live for this evening. This is Free Talk Live, where you control the airways by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line at 800-259-9231. You go to freetalklive.com. You check out the website. Yes, you do, because it's very, very cool. This is Gardner. And Julia. And we are here for Ian and Mark. She's Mark tonight. I'm Ian. Good to have you here, everybody. And it's good to be here. I'm very, very pleased that they asked me to come and fill in. It's uh, Always terrific. Always a good time. Yeah, uh, my background, other than the, uh, let me see, the time spent in rehab with George Bush. No, just kidding. I do a radio show here in New Hampshire. You can find that at libertyconspiracy.com. I have a book out that's called Live Free or Die, and actually I would love for people to pick that up. I should give it a little plug here. 
uh, Live Free or Die. It's essays on freedom, free market economics, and going beyond the U.S. Constitution with thoughts from my father that uh, he contributed back from about World War II on into little black books. And uh, he was an amazing guy. He was out in the Pacific, and uh, he, was, he was quite a guy. So he was a proto-libertarian. And uh, so check it out. It's, uh, You're going to have it's some of those at Amazon. Porkfest, right? Yeah, I'm going to try to get some up at Porkfest. Yeah, we're going to have Porkfest. It's going to be great, and uh, we'll have some there. And you can find it at Amazon if you want to order it. And, uh, yeah, I, I really hope there's fiction in there as well. If people get sick of the uh, the politics, they can check out the fiction. There's a script in there that I had never had produced uh, from the time when I was at the Outer Limits in their script department as well. So, um, yeah, do check it Sounds out. Sounds exciting. Yeah, and I definitely thanked Ian and Mark uh, for doing such uh, great work getting me on the air. So, Julie and I are here, and we want to get right back to the phones. We had a call from someone who wanted to talk to us a little bit about the Bilderberger Society, and that was Tim in Wisconsin. So let's get back to Tim. Tim, wanted to give you a chance to sort of compose your thoughts and uh, and uh, let loose, my friend. You get uh, you get opportunity number two here. Go for it. You're on Free Talk Live. Okay. Uh, next, uh, th- that woman on on the, the chat of that program called Survey um, was you know started to say that uh, the um, the New World Order is going to come in. You know, and they're they're gonna win anyway, and that all this you know who fight it you know are you know just wasting our time. And I just told her that, well, the, the more of us who think that, though, you know, the the more that that they will be able to win. And um, well, let me ask yeah. you this, Tim. How would you suggest? Uh, let's say, even if it isn't a conspiracy. Uh, we tend to be going in that direction anyway, right? Uh, yeah. Whether it's driven by malefactors who are, you know, clandestinely meeting in, in locked rooms in the Skull and Bone Society, uh, going to, you know, be running around naked in front of owl totems or whatever. Uh, whatever those things might be, even if it is not something intentional, we're headed in that direction. Just if, if for no reason other than just the ten, general tendency of collectivism to have to constantly expand its purview of control, it cannot allow for differentiation. And how do you suggest that we try to stop this growth or get away from it? Uh, I, I'm not. I can't, I can't can't think of what else to say, but uh, you know, just you know, you know, fighting you know the new world order, you know, however we can mm-hmm. get the word out and possibly say I like the idea that Ian brings up uh, nonviolent protests, spreading information through example and that sort of thing. Yeah. And of course, uh, if people decide that they really want to do something, they can come to New Hampshire and join the Free State Project. It's a nice little plug for those guys. Yeah, Listen. And the thing I was just going to say, too, that, that I also told this woman is, is that the thing where I choose to still have hope anyway, no matter what, is because I just don't feel it's, you know, any good way to live, you know, to, to just, you know, you know, go on not having any hope about us winning. Well... I think there's nobility in the struggle, Tim, and I thank you for the call from Wisconsin. You keep yeah. up the fight as best you can, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Julia, we have a story that we need to cover, and this is one that uh, I am just sitting back because uh, I think you have a lot better effect in describing the story to the listeners out there than I would. Go for it. All right. Well, I know that it's been discussed in the past in the past on this show, but I believe it's actually gone through here. 
Mm, Um, The story is 10 airports install body scanners. 10. Yeah, 10. The big cities, Baltimore, Uh Arizona, Phoenix, those type of places. Body scanning machines that show images of people underneath their clothing are being installed in 10 of the nation's busiest airports in one of the biggest public uses of security devices that reveal intimate body parts. Now, this is my first thought, because there's a picture with this article, (laughs) and it's it's a naked woman. Yeah. It might not be skin colored, but I can see her breasts and I can see her vagina. And I don't understand how this is any different from a picture of a naked woman. I don't know. It, this is very troubling to me. Um, although, you know, it does give me incentive to jo- go yeah, join the TSA. Exactly. This seems like it's um, going to attract perverts to join the T- TSA. Yeah. If there aren't, aren't already thieves and other bad lazy jerks. So let me get this straight. If I fly into Reagan National Airport or or BWI or something like that, and then I decide I'm going to get a rental car and go into Washington, D.C., not only will will I be scanned and they'll see what I look like naked, but when I get into Washington, (laughs) they won't let me in because I don't have a legitimate purpose for being there. That's great. And then they'll take my gun away and I'll still be in the United States where I'm free. And there's some really, really scary quotes in here from bureaucrats. It's the wave of the future, says James Shear, the TSA security director at Baltimore, Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport. Thurgood Marshall <laughs> Airport. Oh, Where man. two body scanners are in use at one checkpoint. This is something that really frightens me because this takes, like, the Soviet Union, they wish that they had the technology. They only yeah. could have hoped for the technology that we have today. So technology, they could really use it against us. And as it continues to get worse and worse in this country and they can use stuff like this against us it just what they have the ability to do really frightens me yeah i'd love to find out what people think about this because especially on the subject of flying now uh i'm really really getting tired and you and i were speaking about this off the air julia i'm getting tired of flying i i do not like flying i don't like having to go through those stupid bureaucratic numbskulls who are standing there yelling at you buckets underneath their faces (laughs) oh it's just so sad it's just ridiculous yeah. I'm important. You better listen to me. Oh, just just awful, you know. And they sit there, and oh, you can't take that with you. Well, gee, thank you very much. And again, you know, why can't I take this with me? Well, according to regulate, but it's not that. Well, I just you you can't. Okay, oh. are you going to listen to me, or am I going to have to drag you out in handcuffs? Unbelievable. And yet, ABC does studies that show the the privatized security forces. They do discover things like bombs when they're looking through things or things that are made up to look like bombs or weapons, and Didn't the government it? ones don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I believe it might have been the government's own study. I can't recall if that's correct or not, but they lost, they missed like 90% of fake bombs that went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I know that ABC did one. Brian Ross did one, and he's a, he's really good on this subject. And, and, you know, what really bothers me is not just the practical side of it as things stand today, going through hassle, taking your belt off, taking your shoes off. I don't know. like taking my shoes off and walking around in the dirty oh, airport. It's a pain it's in the gross. neck. It's so it's such a hassle. The computer, if you didn't have it open, you have to go back through the line, all circle around. It's just so dumb and asinine. And their rules are so stupid. They're slow. They're delaying the airlines. And then you get people like oh, people like Chuck Schumer who want to have an air passenger's bill of rights because the airlines are the ones that are at fault. The air, the, the planes are waiting on the tarmac for people to get to them, but they can't get through the stinking gates because of the government bureaucrats that are holding all all of us up. We'll talk more about this and take your calls. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. 
There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin, Common Sense. I think fast and I talk fast and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common Sense with Dan Carlin, a free-thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live, rock and roll of a different kind. It is talk radio that rocks. And I am Gardner. And this is Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark tonight, and we're really glad that you're here. The toll-free SACL CAI line is 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. And the time is passing so quickly, Julia. Filling in for the guys, they're out there expanding the program, really going wild and thank you to all the ampers out there who donate if you go to freetalklive.com check out the amp section and if you want to help ian and mark expand the purview of the program help them promote the show and promote the uh, the ideas of liberty through more stations then become an amper for just a few bucks a month you can become involved it's a really great idea i am an amplifier yeah. and i believe that free talk free talk live is one of the very few organizations that i will donate money to and it's because it's effective it is great free free talk live brings more people to the free state than any other how that advertisement to freedom exactly i mean you were telling me about your experience listening to free talk live how quickly you you synced up and it synced up with your thoughts and i find that uh, with so many people i have a friend who lives out in wisconsin and she's going to be coming out to pork fest just told me she got her flights all planned she's very excited she had been into the writing of robert anton wilson uh not necessarily on the economic side of of uh, the libertarian freedom philosophy. But as she and I started to speak, and I gave her a copy of my book, one of the few that I still had left li- lying around, um, she she just you know really latched onto it, and you can tell that she's found a, a, a philosophy, a direction, and a, and a a total. She's on the on the seesaw now, where she feels comfortable, and she says, you know what, I found it. I found where I, I should be. I think be. that a lot of people are in a lot. There's a lot of apathetic people in in this very position yeah. in this country because we what we have is, is a two party system, and most people don't vote because. What's the point? You vote for this jerk or you vote for that jerk and nothing ever changes. Things just get worse and worse. There's a lot of talk, but nothing ever gets done. You know, that's an excellent point. I ask people on my show, uh, and folks, if you want to go to uh, libertyconspiracy.com, you can find sound files on my program. And I'm on uh, every Monday through Friday starting at 1 o'clock at a station, a number of stations here in the New England, New Hampshire area. Uh, and we'll get to your calls in just a second at 800-259-9231. Uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, what has brought about the greatest developments, the betterment of man, the betterment of your standard of living? What characteristic, what one theme throughout history has brought that about? And what one construct of man has been the most destructive, most dangerous construct man could have possibly created? Well, the answer is, in order human ingenuity, and government. Government has been the most destructive thing that man could have ever invented. 
And, uh, I mean, it's undeniable. You look at the number of people who've been killed, facilitated through government, the number of people who've had their property taken. Uh, there's a proposal out now where they want to spend trillions of dollars on trying to combat global warming. It's a new Tokyo protocol to, to replace the Kyoto protocol. How? Tell me how you're going to do that. Please, somebody get on the phone right now, call up, and tell me how you can stop global warming by writing something down on paper. Ridiculous. And you know, the author says, we, and I used it loosely there, just just uh, very, very sloppily. He said, we. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not we. It's the government's going to take that money from people. That's money that would have been spent in other avenues, people making their they... own choices. And if that stops one parent or one friend from buying a movie ticket for a kid, screw the government. If that stops me from buying a comic book for my niece, to hell with government. If that stops one of my friends from being able to download one song from iTunes or something like that, or spend a few more few more hours off of work sitting in the sun reading a book, to hell with the politicians. They can burn in hell for all I care. They are not going to be helping anything, as you said. Here's what I don't understand, and I don't know a lot about science and especially physics and energy and that sort of thing, yeah. but as I understood in science class, energy is not something that can be destroyed, right? So why is this? There's this fear that we're running out of energy. Oh, it's just and it absurd. just doesn't seem to you make know, any sense. It seems got, extremely contradictory of what they told me in government schools. We've got politicians here in the state of New Hampshire. Jean Shaheen is a great example of it. Former governor of the state, she's running for senate, and uh, she's talking about how terrible all of the speculators are for the oil. They're saying speculators are, are, she says, speculators have brought up the cost of gasoline dramatically. I said, look, any person who knows anything about basic economics knows what speculators do. They buy low and sell high. They've already bought, and now they're going to sell when gas is up at a certain level. Speculators tend to help even things out. But, of course, she's a politician. The oil companies are evil, even though they're restricted by government from drilling off the coast of the United States, from drilling in Anwar, from synthesizing fuel from shale. You yes. know, in, in John Stossel's book, I believe it's Give Me a Break, but it might be the other one, Myths, Lies, and Stupidity, mm -hmm. he brings up gas prices. Yeah. And yes, I understand gas prices are high, and this is something that really gets people's goats today. And for me personally, it's not high enough for me to start walking. Mm -hmm. I like the luxury of my car. Yeah. Gasoline is worth the price to me. Right. Um. However, John Stossel brings up the point that it's cheaper than a gallon of water. It's cheaper than, I mean, if you were to go buy bottled water. Absolutely. If you were to, it's cheaper than a gallon of milk. And, and he, he compares prices. And when you actually think about the process of getting oil into the ground, into the convenient pumps that you pump in, four bucks a gallon? That's it's really incredible. not that big. It's not that bad. That is a great, great point. Stossel has and learned just, so much. They don't think about the process that it, that it and how much work goes into getting it out of, it's not, it doesn't just exist. Gasoline just isn't in its form it just you know yeah, it in the gas pumps the ready ground. exactly exactly you got to refine it you got to pump it you got to ship it and that's a job i don't want to do and i am willing to pay for 4 bucks for right on all right let's get back to the phones 800-259-9231 the SACL CAI toll free line let's go to Burton Texas and the subject is obama how you doing my friend what's happening burton thank you for taking my call appreciate your call yeah i'm doing fine uh, i'm a 68 year old lifelong white trucker and I have a talk show junkie. All right. And I'm really amazed that uh, Barack Obama was able to overcome all the negativity 
of the rich white talk show hosts like Bill O'Reilly, John Gibson, and Rush Limbaugh, to name a few. <clears throat> okay, uh, now, uh, and uh, what would you characterize as negativity? Negativity, uh, a lot of the negativity is every time somebody tries to get out their op opinion, as a woman did earlier tonight on the uh, John Gibson show, she she called in to talk about the issue of uh, medical, and uh, she was in the medical profession in Virginia, and when she got to the point where she wanted to explain what her thoughts were, uh, all of a sudden he, uh, she, she had to let her go and took another call. I thought he was going to a break, but he didn't. He went to another call, and this happens all the while with all the the uh, major talk show people, they don't give the, the callers a chance to get out the most important part of the point they're trying to make. Yeah, I understand that. You know who's really guilty of that? Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity do that a lot. Exactly. Really drives yeah. me crazy. Now, you know, I, I have to say that I, I don't like Obama's position. I disagree with Obama's position. Uh, what struck right. me as funny, Burton, and let me get your opinions on this, and, and you know, feel free to add in anything afterwards, but um, I think it's amusing that all of a sudden Americans are up in arms about Barack Obama and they think he's, you know, some sort of pariah because he's associated with a pastor who happens to question U.S. policy in the Middle East and says some things that strike them as being anti-patriotic. Uh, how about Barack Obama's anti-constitutional socialist positions for the conservatives? If the conservatives are so concerned, why aren't they clued into that? Now, you might not be a conservative, but to me, I sit there and say, why is it that all of a sudden it takes you know, a pastor to get these people tuned into the fact that Obama is a dangerous guy? Burton, stick on the line. We'll let you come back, and uh, then we'll get to Adam in Montana and John in New Hampshire and you. It's toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. You control the conversation. It is your program. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live where you control the conversation. It is your program, your way. Let's get right back to the phones and the fun. 800-259-9231. This is Gard. And Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark tonight, and uh, hopefully we're doing a pretty decent job. Let's get right back to the phones. We had a call from Burton in Texas. Didn't get the opportunity to finish. Wanted to give him an opportunity to do so here in the program. Burton, thanks for sticking around. Appreciate it. You're doing a fine job. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Coming from Texas. Well, you are entirely welcome. All right. Um, uh, anyway, I put uh, Barack Obama in the same category as uh, Martin Luther King or Bobby Kennedy because uh, he has compassion for the working class. Hmm. Unlike McCain, Obama understands the working class and has common sense ideas to help the masses. All right, can I ask you a question? Uh, first, I think sure. we need to get into some definitions if we were in a political philosophy class. How does one define the working class? The working class. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the struggling working class, not the ones that are making the six figures. Okay. And, uh, I'm talking about those that are struggling paycheck to paycheck. 
right. And a lot of them aren't making it. And how does he show that he cares? Is he going to at least lower or get rid of taxes? Because that would go a really long way in putting more money in people's pockets. Well, well he uh, talked, as well as Hillary, about everybody says soaking the rich. Well, I can remember back in 1955 when the tax uh, was set up so that the more you earned, the more you paid in taxes. And I remember Elvis Presley's uh, first million dollars, he only got. A hundred thousand of it. The rest went for taxes and agents and all that. But he still had a hundred thousand dollars in his pocket. That was a lot more than the twenty five hundred dollars a year that he earned as a truck driver. And he was tickled to death with it. Well, uh, and he you went know, on to become. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Burton. Perhaps what we ought to do is, you know, it's very difficult because certain terms are used for rhetorical reasons. For example, you know, you say the struggling working class, uh, giving them some sort of relief, and Julia mentioned taxes. Uh, I'd just like to point out some information about who pays what. As the National Taxpayers Union and the National Taxpayers Union Foundation sites, and you can find the link at their uh, website at ntu.org, uh, the top 25% of earners pay 85.99% of all federal income taxes in the United States as of the most recent data in 2005. Uh, Barack Obama, uh, just to give you the heads up, I don't know if you've been watching this, but I've been noticing that he's redefining the so-called middle class by now including those people who don't pay income taxes, the earned income tax credit people who get money from others through taxes, they get it refunded through them. So does that make you sort of reassess your, your opinions, or are you still sort of really much, very much in favor of Barack Obama? Um, I mean, obviously, we, we disagree on Obama. You know, I don't know if you ever yeah, want to reconsider. Well, I, we probably Barack agree o- on McCain, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all probably agree on McCain. Keep him away from us. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Um, you know, I don't know how that works. Uh, to give tax credits or sell them to somebody else, or I, I'm not up on all that kind of thing. Well, well in a, this case, what I'm talking about is really just redistribution of wealth, and and what they do is through populism, they try to appeal. And you know, you you sort of said things that sounded very very familiar to many of us here. You know, the working American and things like that. They use that rhetoric in order to pull people in and get them to sign on to their socialistic redistribution of wealth collectivism concept by using the government to take money from the people who pay 85.99 percent of the income taxes already and take more of their money and give it to people who represent larger numbers but don't represent those larger numbers who are actually paying taxes. I'd like to eliminate all the taxes, but if we're talking about tax fairness, the poor should actually be paying more. Let me ask you a question. If we had all a flat tax, right? Let's say we had a flat tax of 4%, right? It wouldn't work. Yeah, well, you know, a 10%, 14% or whatever. Uh, if we're all supposed to be equal under the law... Why should a person who earns $100,000 a year and pays 14% of it pay a penny more for government services that supposedly we're all sharing equally? And we know we're not getting them equally. In many cases, special companies get special favors. In many cases, the poor get welfare. So none of us are really getting this equally. How can Barack Obama make this any better? It wouldn't work. Uh, 
a flat tax wouldn't work. Uh, what I'm saying is how much money is enough? Why does Rush Limbaugh need to have $40 million a year and talk about the poor people have, should pay more taxes? Well, I don't understand. That I don't think that anybody should pay more taxes. Yeah. I think that we play, pay plenty of taxes. I think, Burton, you're starting from a non-starting point, which is that somehow he owes something to the government. He doesn't owe anything to the government. It's his money, and he earned it. And the people who are, cer- are currently getting money from him, who's paying a huge amount in taxes, are people who don't pay taxes and already receive all sorts of government perks, the welfare recipients. There seems to be a real resentment. Always, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, go ahead. I was going to say, there seems to be a lot of people, my mother is one of them, there seems to be a real resentment towards rich people. A lot of people don't like rich people. But that's not true. And my, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I, you know what? I'm saying, hey, look, let them have their $40 million a year. But where's ours? Well, we're, we're, we work hard. I'm a truck driver. Yeah. I'm I, going I'm sh- some. I was going to say, I'm sure you do work hard. I am someone who works very hard myself. Um, But I just feel like a lot of people have this resentment towards people who make a lot of money. And I think it's important to remember that they didn't start out making that much money, that they've gotten to where they are today by working hard and just continually moving up and moving up, and that the money that they earn is theirs. And, I mean, I plan on being extremely wealthy. Is there something wrong with that? Not at all. Uh, On the other hand, I would be tickled to death. If I made $10 million a year to turn around and give $9 million back and only have a million. Well, In other Burton, words, how much money is enough? Burton, I think you how asked much, a, how, Why does somebody need to have five houses strung all over the world and somebody else can't even afford to put food on the table or a roof over the head? It just doesn't make any sense. Burton, me. I think you ask an, a, a very excellent question for further conversation on either side, and I appreciate the call, and thank you for the call from uh, from Texas. Julie, you want to mention something? Well, I was just going to say that I, I think I, I understand where he's coming from. I'm an extremely compassionate person, and that's the perspective I came from. I was considered myself a liberal before I was a libertarian because I wanted to help people. But I feel like... I mean, no matter how rich Rush Limbaugh is, does he owe anybody anything? That's exactly no. it. And that's and where I wanted to go. And while that's unfortunate, he doesn't have any sort of moral obligation right. to help people who are poor. Right. And a lot of people who are who are not wealthy are just not good at managing their money. Well, there are two things I wanted to bring up before we have to go to the break, and we'll get to the rest of the calls in just a minute. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Julia, there are a couple things that I wanted to bring up. First, uh, just what you said ties in with something that, you know, this is one of those things on talk radio where people could get very angry and inflamed. You know, Burton had a very honest opinion, and I like the way you handle that. Sometimes you can get very argumentative and attack somebody like, who are you to say what somebody else should be paying? Let right. him decide. And that's that's I, actually right. I understand right. where he's coming from. And, and his philosophy is not so much um, some sort of uh, dislike of the rich, but more of a feeling that, you know, why can't they do this? Uh, you know, right. it would be better like, if they Rush did Limbaugh this. Rush Limbaugh would be a nice person if he donated some of right. his income to but the, help people. The and problem, I don't disagree. The problem with that is it's a very Burton-centric view of the world. And everybody who earns his money has a right to his money, has a right to the fruits of his labor. If you have a right to the ownership of your own body, you have a right to the fruits of of the things that you create with that body. Now, this is something I think is really important. 
as as nice as Burton's thoughts are, as 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 wonderful as they are, what they are is subsuming the individual to Burton and others who might think like him, who say, well, we think that you know you don't really need this much. And there are two things that cause problems for this. One is it's unethical. It's immoral. Don't tell somebody else how much he should value his labor. That's what slave owners did. And if, in effect, what you're doing is you're enslaving people to the dictates of the majority burden if you can get enough people on your side. You can implore someone or extol someone to try to get him to voluntarily donate money, but you should never force someone to do that. Not only because the tide can be turned against you, but because when you do that, they don't have any incentive to continue working and being productive the way they were. And the only way they got rich was by helping other people, for providing things that they wanted. People voluntarily gave them their money for their products or their services. That means that they will be working less to try to help people through their skills. We'll talk about this more. Julia's got yeah, a lot in her mind. This is an mind. interesting topic to me. Absolutely. 800-259-9231. Is- Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, where you control the airways by calling 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line all across the country and online at freetalklive.com. The SACL-CAI line is yours to use virtually any time. And also, don't forget to get over to the website where you can check out the boards and check out what's going to be happening coming up very soon next week. It is... Porkfest, the Free State Project's great extravaganza where freedom lovers from all around the country and all around the world will be getting together and having a really, really good time. Okay, let's get back to the phones and the fun. I am Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark today, and they are out taking care of expansion of the program as we welcome you to the phone line. So let's get right back to the phones. topic we were discussing before the break was Barack Obama specifically and generally the general aversion that people have to actually allowing people to hold on to more of their money. Let's get to Adam, who's on the line in Montana. Hi, Adam. You're on Free Talk Live, and thank you for the call. Hey, how's it going? Uh, All right. Hey, we got some weird, funky stuff in the background. Don't know. Just sorry for the distraction there, Adam. Uh, we got something coming through. I'll talk to GCN. Yeah, thanks. Okay, go ahead, Adam. We'll continue, though. Uh, sorry, my name's Aaron, but, uh, yeah, uh, my question or you guys would, do you have any knowledge of uh, Barack Obama being a part of the Council on Foreign Relations and also Hillary Clinton? Because uh, I've heard that before, and, I've, and I'd like to know from some people like you that actually research a little more than the person that told me. Yeah, well, thank you, Aaron, and apologies for the... Uh, and hopefully we can bring a little light more to the people that previous callers because it seemed like they're pretty brainwashed like they watch the news a lot or something 
Uh, you know, it's a, it's a process. I yeah, I get frustrated and angry sometimes. I don't know about you, um, but especially see. Well, I got common sense, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what really gets me is when people with the collectivist mindset decide that they're going to enter politics rather than deciding to start up a charitable organization or a business that's going to do what they want. They want to regulate other people's lives. They want to regulate other people's businesses rather than going into competition or starting some private organization that will help people. Uh, that bothers me. But outside it, you know, a lot of times you you get the collectivist mindset. You try to educate. And, and be as nice as you can. The CFR thing, I have heard exactly what you have heard. I have heard that John McCain, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama are all members of the CFR. It's probably confirmable by a couple web hits, but I have not checked it out myself. I will only tell you, Aaron, that uh, it sounds like it's probably likely. Let me ask you, while we have you on the line from Montana... Uh, what is your opinion of your governor? He seems to be very strong in the gun rights thing. Do you think it's just rhetoric, or do you th- do you applaud him for saying that if the I'll, Supreme Court f- does not find in favor of an individual right, he's going to move to try to get everybody to secede? You know, I've been so caught up in the presidential race that I haven't had time to look at the local stuff here. I see. But I've heard things, and uh, a couple friends of mine, we've been looking over the Montana Constitution thing mm-hmm. that was written up, and, uh, you know, we all, we all are close to a... Uh, the woods you know and and you know we ain't giving up our guns uh we're hiding them if anything and you know we're ready to hold on to them and i and i and i've heard things about the governor saying that you know this with the same kind of views as what i just said and, and i hope he's not you know i hope he's not lying just to set it set i hope not too well why but uh yeah it's uh in montana yeah we're really we got a lot of Ron Paul supporters down here. Uh, I went to see him up in Missoula, okay. and uh, was really uh, I really liked his uh, his policy on marijuana. And he said that you know it shouldn't be illegal. The federal government shouldn't have made it illegal that it has medicinal use. And uh, me being a hyperactive uh, kid growing up, and uh, they tried to give me Ritalin and stuff like that. And of course, they did. That there's natural things that you know. For us kids that are super hyperactive, I mean, and I don't agree on abusing it and letting it run your life, but, you know, just a little bit of use. And I really appreciated Ron Paul for uh, speaking about that in Missoula when I went to see him. But I had one more quick question. I don't want to take up two minutes of your guys' show. No no problem. Um, Shoot, man. I wanted to ask you guys, and it's probably a dumb question, but have you guys read uh, David Icke's Global Conspiracy book? And I'd also like to know if you've read uh, The Biggest Secret. David All right, uh, I have not. I have not either. And uh, I'm I wish have I to had more time for book things. reading. Uh, repeat so the title really, once more. Really, if you guys are interested in what you talk about, yeah. I mean, he has some off the wall views, and those aren't, you know, but he really does have hardcore evidence of things, and and uh, you know, him and Alex Jones on certain levels think so alike, and 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 I, I think, but David Ike has a little more info because. You know, he's based in the U.K., and he, he's older than Alex Jones, and he's yeah. been researching it a lot. And I just, I really admire the guy because he's, uh, he's got so much knowledge, and I just, uh, maybe some of your listeners could pick up that book. All right. He actually uh, predicts uh, 9-11 in it and, and stuff like that, man. He's, he's really on point with most of the things he talks about, and hopefully people don't get straight away with some of his views because uh, they're off the wall. It might be worthwhile checking out, Aaron. Thank you for the call from Montana. I really appreciate that. God bless you guys, man. Uh, Hopefully everything goes all right. uh, 
Thanks for having me on your show. All right, Aaron. Thank you for the call from Montana. Excellent, excellent to have you in the audience. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Thanks to the wonderful guys at SACL. Let's continue with the phones and the fun here at Free Talk Live. Gardner filling in for Ian and... Julia. For Mark, most likely. Although she's in Ian's seat and I'm in Mark's seat right now. It's uh, Free Talk Live. But John is on the line in New Hampshire. Hi, Johnny. What's happening? Hey guys, uh, I gotta say, thanks for filling in tonight. You know, it's better than having a repeat. You guys got quite a team going over there. I dig it, Sammy. Yeah, awesome. catch. Dig. Yeah, baby. What Thank can you. we do for you? Hey, listen, I wanted, I just wanted to tell you and the listeners a, a little story here. You know, when I was, when I was a little kid, my dad brought me on vacation to a neighboring state. Mm-hmm. And, and the state was beautiful. And then as a teen, I visited as often as I could. And then, uh, you know, I ended up spending my honeymoon there in that state. And then, you know, when I had little kids before I was divorced, I brought my kids to come and visit that state. And then, uh, you know, get to the point that I said, you know, i got to make a promise to myself. I'm going to move there someday. And then eventually there was this silly idea of a free state project. I said, is this this icing on the cake cake or what? And that, and so now tonight I'm I'm over at the yoga class up in Derry because I'm way down here on the on the border here. Yeah. I still commute down to that state that I used to live in. <laughs> the but here so I am, way state. down at exit one on 93, and I go way up to Derry, you know, way up north to Derry <laughs> for a yoga class. And at the end of the class, everybody's saying, "Hey, see you next week." I said, "Well, I won't be here next week. I'm going on vacation." And somebody said, "Where were you going?" And I said, "I'm going to my favorite place, New Hampshire." And guess what, folks? New Hampshire is actually my home. I moved here about four-plus years ago. You know, we hear about the early movers. I'm a very early mover, and I don't hold that against anybody. You know, it was real easy for me. Like I said, I'm still right near my family in a neighboring state. I still commute to my old job. So, you know, so, so easy for me. But i got to tell people, folks, New Hampshire rocks. And if all you can do is come here for a vacation, come up and join us, man. We're on vacation next week. We're doing something called Pork Fest. It's awesome. Three or four or more hundred people, liberty lovers, come up and join us. Have a vacation. It's the best week you'll ever have. New Hampshire is beautiful in June, is it not? Oh, it's it's just so awesome. Stunning. We're going to have warm days and cool nights and bonfires. I can't wait. Partying. It's going to be a blast, and if people have an opportunity, they should check out the Free State Project's website. They can go there and look at all the information. And if you get an opportunity, Pork Fest is going to be a blast. It starts up on the 9th and goes through the 15th at Gunstock Mountain Resort in Guilford. You can go to freestateproject.com and see the link over there. It's uh, a way to celebrate and explore freedom in your lifetime. The Free State Project's Pork Fest is a terrific idea. I really dig his enthusiasm. Oh, uh, Johnny. Right. I New say one more thing about that. Yes. You know, this is the vacation of all vacation for liberty lovers. And for liberty lovers, when you get here... Start looking around, because yeah. you might want to make it home, just like I did. Thank Come you. on home, Liberty Lovers. Great, Land thanks. the place to be. Thanks for the call, John. I'll see you up there, my friend. We'll Good talk night, to you. guys. Okay, see you buddy. next week. Talk to you later on. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the way to reach us. It's Free Talk Live, freetalklive.com. We'll try to fit in one more call. And this is on the amp line, our main man, Sam. I'll tell you what, Sam, we're up against the clock. We will bring you right in after these very important messages from the folks who back us up at Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com on the website. Check out the supporters of this program. I'm Gardner. And this is Julia. And we will return in just a moment, filling in for Ian and Mark. It's Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live. It is the place where you can take over the airways, freetalklive.com, and the toll-free line is 800-259-9231. I am Gardner. And I am Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark, who are, of course, the regular angelic hosts of this program. They are out flirting around and fleeting around with, uh, with <laughs> flirting uh, other... Flirting Yes, they're d- butterflies of radio right now out there. Um, publicizing the program and doing a great job of it, uh, thanks to many of the ampers. And we get right back to the phones and the fun where you control the airwaves on this program. We've been talking about money. We've been talking about a lot of different things, the Free State Project. And we want to get right to Sam, one of our favorite guys in Texas who is on the amp line. And thanks for being there, Sam. Thanks for sticking around. How are you, my friend? Good to talk hey. to you. Hey, Gar, doing great. Julia, i got to ask you, whenever you're on, I never know how to... Do the greeting. What, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Just sounds way too formal. What's a proper one? Oh, I don't care. I can be a dude. Dudes are cool. I'm okay, okay so with that. Just say hey, guys. Yeah, I'm cool with that. All okay. right. Well, I'm flying to the airport tomorrow, or flying out of the airport tomorrow here in Dallas, going to D.C. actually uh, for the trip up to Porkfest. All right. And as you know, guard, I fly without ID. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do that tomorrow. And. There's some new rules that they've put in place. This is something that I've done 30, 40 times. Wow. Uh, and only had That's impressive. <laughs> the only time I was ever denied was on Delta because it was a private policy, uh, and I haven't flown them since. Yeah. Um, now, tomorrow I'm on American, but I checked on their website, and they say that it requires government ID. Now, I don't know if they're, if they, if that's their new policy or if they're just, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. So um, there's also new TSA rules that have been implemented. I think this has to do with the change in Americans' policy, and that's that they're going to call the airport police. So I have my friend coming. He's going to film the interaction. I'm going to be wired up with a wireless mic so we can capture everything. Um, but I really am a little nervous about it because I don't know how this is going to work out. I mean, if you think about it, what happens if I, once I move up to New Hampshire and I surrender the state's ID back to the state, uh, and I and I choose not to accept one, uh, does that mean I become a second-class citizen because I won't be able to open a bank account? I won't be able to fly if they say no tomorrow. I'll have to charter a bus or uh, or an airplane, mm-hmm. and uh, you know investment options will be closed to me. Yes, yes, yes. Boy, um, <laughs> you know I think everybody should be listening to what you have to say. Uh, even if you weren't going a little bit uh, more hardline by videotaping it and having the microphone, uh, mm-hmm. just the idea of not wanting a state-issued piece of paperwork that, for example, if you don't have in Washington, D.C., you might not be able to make it back to your house. Um, these are we're very... Actually, a friend of mine, we're discussing whether or not we're going to go and actually visit that checkpoint and videotape it, and I would like to also interview some of the people going in and out of the checkpoint about their experience. Uh, but I don't know. It sounds like an unsafe neighborhood. <laughs> you know, and as you say, once you do it, you'll be a marked man. And strangely enough, a guy without an ID would be a marked man, but you would. Yeah. And uh, it, it is a difficult thing to imagine that in this today's society, um, the government is impinging on society so much and and just as an aside, I'd like to say a message out to all the paleo-conservatives who are always worried about getting a national ID. Folks, it's in large part because of you. 
and what you've been pushing to try to stop immigration and so-called protect the borders and have homeland security and build up the size of the state, that you're getting exactly what you feared. And a guy like Sam is now wondering whether or not he'll be able to get involved with investments, open a bank account of a certain amount of money, withdraw a certain amount of money from his bank account without it being traced, all these types of things. His liberties are being restricted. Sam, I, I really don't know what to tell you. Julia, yeah, what do you have to I think? Mean, go I'm ahead. moving to New Hampshire here shortly, yeah. and I'm going to be over 1,500 miles away from my family. So mm-hmm. if they say no tomorrow, does this mean I don't get to go you know, see them during the holidays or if something were to happen to one of my parents that I couldn't make it down? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Is it, is it really worth this for this is this is something that I battle with myself. My parents and old friends and stuff live in Florida, and I generally go down there once a year. And I don't know if I really if it's worth flying down there anymore. I mean, but before long, we may not even have the choice anymore. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> Ten but, years you know, ago, I, you didn't even have to show ID, and there was no requirement to show ID for over 50 years. Sam, you you and I have met, and, and uh, if people who, if they're just being introduced to this program, or later if they're just listening on podcast, or if someone turns them on to this in this in this brief conversation, this is a picture of where we're going in this country, and this is a guy who's a good guy who now. Because of everybody's fear and because of their belief, their mistaken belief that the government, by doing all these things, is providing them some form of amorphous protection, you are having your life affected. Your personal relationships with your families could be, with your family members could be affected. I'm really saddened that we're going down this route. I didn't think when I was a teenager I would ever have to think about these things, Sam. I didn't know I would meet a guy who would have a situation where his life could be influenced this way. But I've met you, and I'm, I'm really troubled by this. I don't think there's much of an answer other than the fact that when you get into that personal situation with the video camera and, and, the, and the microphone, you know that they're not going to be happy with it. Uh, just try to oh, be cool. Yeah, yeah, try to be cool. Tell them, tell them that you're filming it. Uh, they're going to tell you to turn your camera off, by the way. Ask them well, to... see, I actually, the microphone will be hidden um, uh-huh. with a body pack. And it's going to be my buddy filming it from several feet away, a long ways away, uh, with a really good high-def camera. So, um, And I, I've done a lot of this. I wouldn't recommend most people go and do this kind of thing. I, I've had a lot of practice interacting with these folks, and I probably handle it a little better than most. So, Well, you know what you I'm remind me of? It. Yeah, Have you ever read any of the Repairman Jack novels by F. Paul Wilson? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Yeah, repairman. Uh, Atlas Shrugged. Okay. So. All right. Well, I highly recommend picking up the tomb and then legacies after that, and then just going through the whole line. Repairman Jacket is is a guy who works out of New York. He has no identity, no social security. Gets paid in cash. Doesn't pay taxes. And you know, he's he's pretty much the embodiment of the anarchist ideal. And uh, when recently in some of the books he's had to travel for various reasons and trying to get through the airport security for him is absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, I'd hate to recommend, I, I can't recommend on the air anyway, getting a fake ID or something like that. But <laughs> No, I wouldn't do that. It's yeah, and because that's tacitly accepting their paradigm anyway, you know. Yes. The, uh, it's, it, it's, it's really tough. So, uh, I think uh, it's, that's why it's so important to get people now up to New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, up there working together to create a voluntary alternative to so many of these government-mandated services. The sooner that we can do it, I I don't think there's any really any stopping it. I think... 
We're going to have some uh, effectiveness in New Hampshire with some of the political stuff that's going on to help bring about change in a more gentle manner up there. Uh, but I don't think there's any stopping the federal government. So it's really going to take just creating a, a market alternative that ends up being better than the service that the government provides, and that's really not that hard to do. Well, Sam, you say it well. I look forward, and I'll cross my fingers that you make it up here. I really appreciate the call, and especially your support on the AMP line, too, man. It's great to talk to you again, buddy. All right, good night, guys. You got it. Bye. Great call. All right, we will return. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free line is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Gardner here. And Julia. We'll return in a moment. This is Free Talk Live, where you control the airwaves, and you do so by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. This is Guard. And this is Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark. It's great to have you here. We'll get right back to your calls. First, a little thought from some of the people who back up Free Talk Live. Hope that you will do a little business with them. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. Remember, that's internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at internobs.com. Dot com. Let's get right back to the phones and the fun, Julia, shall we? Let's get to, uh, let's see, Cliff, who's on the line in Miami, wants to talk to us about money. Cliff, thanks for waiting, and thank you very much for joining the show. How are you, my friend? Oh, we lost him. Let's go instead to Mike, who is in uh, Montana, wants to talk about gas prices. Mike, you there? Hey, Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike going once. Mike going twice. Let's see if we can get back to Mike. Let's go to Paula, who's on the line in Florida. Paula, you and I have only spoken indirectly. Welcome to Free Talk Live. How are you? Uh, good evening, hon. Uh, I've got some news for y'all. We just got it. Uh, Israel just threatened Iran. Israel just their, threatened Iran how? Yeah, if they didn't stop their uh, uh, you know, nuclear program. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we've had two serious things happen today. We almost had to shut the schools down because the price of fuel went up to $150 a barrel. And so I had to call Washington. Anyway, they get a bill together right now to get money to the school systems so they'll have fuel money. Yes, yeah, so I've been hearing that in some school systems they're thinking about going to a four-day work week. That, of course, is in the government schools where yeah. um, if they want to get any sort of responsiveness, it's going to take months. They'll probably come up with a bad idea, and the poor kids are sitting there so hot in many areas of the country because they have no yeah. air conditioning, while in the administration offices they do. Uh, Paula, the uh, thing about Israel, um, what do we mean by threaten to attack Iran? Yeah, they threaten to attack Iran. them, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm asking how and and where did you hear this? It was just on uh, C-SPAN. It just went across the screen. And and how did they threaten to attack Iran? They just threatened to attack them if they didn't stop their nuclear program. So they say they will take it out. I well, guess. All right. Well, it's good anyway, to know. Another thing or, too, we've yeah. got a problem with uh, my cousin Jim uh, Giss is running with Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. He's working on this thing. He said they're pushing this thing with the biometrics in the school with the children big time. Mm. And he was really working on it hard today, big time. And he said to call everybody and have everybody calling their representatives to get this thing stopped as quick as possible. He said they pushed it big time. This is on a federal level? Yeah. 
All right, we'll have to look into that a little bit more. Thank you very much for the update there, Paula. It's good to talk okay. to you in Florida. You have an awesome night. Uh, 800-259-9231. Paula knows everything Paula's before in a lot anybody of else. Loops. She's in a lot of loops. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about Israel and Iran... Uh, it's good to know, interesting to know. Uh, unfortunately, it shouldn't have a bearing on the United States, but we've been so involved in the Middle East for so long, helping establish Israel in the first place, putting bases on the Saudi soil, just as Osama bin Laden said and used to try to recruit people, and we continue to be involved there, that, of course, United States policy is going to be mixed up there. Should not. I don't think the Founding Fathers would be pleased, and I'd like to go beyond the Founding Fathers and say get the United States out of it altogether. Let's get to Vince, who's on the line in Indianapolis. Vince, thank you very much for joining Free Talk Live. How are you, my oh, friend? Garth and, uh, what's the lady's name? Hold Julia. On. Julia. Yes. yes. But you guys are very nice. Thank you. And uh, I want to say, you know, we've got uh, the Marines are in here this weekend. Are they doing uh, exercises? House, practice house house fighting. Oh, that's great. And the former mayor, the mayor of uh, Indianapolis, he is a retired Marine lieutenant colonel. Oh, did he just invite them in, or did he actually happen to mention things like the Posse Comitatus Act? No, he didn't mention anything. He didn't even say anything about it. Oh man! Well, you know they've they've broken Posse Comitatus already anyway by by putting the. Uh, uh, National Guard on the U.S. border, and they're they're they they broke it a little bit earlier. Uh, what was it in the 1990s with Waco? So I think uh, we can pretty much toss that one out the window. And now they're down in Indianapolis and and messing around down there doing some war games, huh? Yeah, they took over. Uh, I, I guess what they're planning to do because it's, it's Joanne Lingle who's organizing protests. She had protests. I went to that this evening over at the fairgrounds. There were about a couple hundred people there. But, you know. You know I was going to say, Vince. I was just going to say, Vince. One of the things that I wish people would do would be to try to educate the local news reporters, not in any sort of you know crazy I'm a conspiratorialist sort of image way that sometimes you know people on the fringes of the uh, freedom movement can can be seen as. But uh, you know, in the way that you and I discuss it, Julia discusses it. You know, hopefully uh, taking a reasonable approach. Uh, trying to approach the reporters who might be covering this and say, hey, you know, I know you're trying to do this report, but a lot of people think that uh, it's very important to have as part of the report the idea that, you know, posse comitatus would, would hold this back and, you know, bring up some information, have it ready-made and give it to them. And you have to do it repeatedly because they're, they, they're not interested many times. But sometimes you can break through with people, call them up at the station, that sort of thing, local news reporters as well, and see well, if you can do anything. The, the one thing I wanted to mention was I didn't need that. The Marines will be training in training parks. They'll be, they'll be, and that's training in parks. You no, know, where children are going to be playing, and Ugh. that's not you know. And they said they're going to use paintball guns, but they can those things can be. I know they're supposed to be non-lethal, but uh, <laughs> I've heard of them, uh, you know, denting skin and causing some injuries. Yes, paintball but guns actually, absolutely can be painful. Can Being shot with a paintball gun hurts. But, uh, you know, this is what, you know, I used to think people like that, you know, were nuts a long time ago. They went out, they went, but they had been. I think they started this back, you know, even late, earlier in the 60s, because I remember we had troops here in Indianapolis. Yeah. You know, and that was the Civil Rights Movement. Yes, yes. So, of course, we can't forget Kent State, what happened there. Um, uh-huh. You know, th- 
This is very troubling. I think we're going to hear more and more about this, Vince. And, you know, imagine what would happen if a private group of people wanted to go to that park and use it that way, the way they wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what What exactly do they, uh, for what are they preparing? What exactly are they, are they training to resist? A giant terrorist military strike or something? Uh, uh, who are they trying to protect? Why do they have to train in that specific spot? I, I don't quite understand what they're doing there other than trying to get PR and telling, showing people that, oh, we're, we're all prepared, we're, we're helping, something. we're protecting you. Yeah, do you get what... Are they giving you any reason, any rationale out there, Vince? Well, that's what they were just saying, you know, and to utilize different areas. Because, well, the mayor of Toledo, Ohio, opposed it last February, and they, you know, didn't allow them in. And then, you know, and they got some slack about it, I guess. But oh, yes, I remember that. In, but yes. Yeah, I remember that. So, so wait a minute. Now, he, he was going to resist, and so the outcome was that he had to back down? Well, he did back down. He let him in on the outskirts oh. of the city. Yeah, I thought I was really, I admired that move to try to resist them a great deal. Uh, listen, I tell you what, you know, keep tabs on this, Vince, and then report back, you know, if uh, if I'm here on Monday or, or tomorrow night or whatever. Just, you know, watch this and, and give everybody a call back and let us know what happened, okay? Yeah, because I, I also just want to ask you, what do you think of the, you and Julia think of the Libertarian Convention? You know, because <laughs> I thought it was just the... I agree with that one lady. I can't think of her name, but it was just a neocon. Mm. Well, I, I wouldn't call it a. Uh, I think neocon is a bit of a displacement. I think paleocon is actually what's going on. A lot of the people libertarian who are there, light. yeah. And uh, well, Julia, you give your feedback because I I actually know some of the people who were working with the Bob Barr campaign. Uh, they've helped me uh, do some PR before. I did not watch the Libertarian Convention. I've never really been particularly interested in the LP. Uh, However, I do have a personal problem with electing somebody who has voted uh, for the war on drugs and supported things like that. When Mary Ruart, a nice principled lady, uh, why didn't she get elected? So I'm not happy with the results, and, and I think that the Libertarian Party is useless. We will return and converse about this a little bit more. It is Free Talk Live. You control the airwaves, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll return. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You control the sounds. You control the approach because it is your program, your way. I'm Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark. The toll-free line, the SACL toll-free line is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI. Great guys. Check them out at SACLCAI.com. Check out the link at the wonderful, amazing Free Talk Live Website. I almost mentioned my website, Liberty. Like, you, can oh, mention, you can mention that too. Yeah, I was. I was just going to mumble it. Yeah, LibertyConspiracy.com is my site. If you want to head over there, um, I do a radio show in New Hampshire and try to take on the New Hampshire pinheads, and it's very interesting. So, and I'm I'm hated by those people. I, I just found out, Julia, that the governor will. Of course, I didn't expect that he ever would. He will never appear on my program, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah. If he doesn't want to defend himself. 
uh, fine. Makes I him think look like a coward something. if you ask me. Yes, it's very, He obviously very... doesn't feel very strongly about his points and beliefs. You got it. You got it. Hey, folks, want to give you the heads up. You can meet activists who are already achieving success in New Hampshire. Discover the outdoor and recreational adventures New Hampshire has to offer. Learn how the Free State Project early movers are already making a difference in New Hampshire. You can meet hundreds of individuals like you who cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetimes. You can see firsthand why Ron Paul loves New Hampshire and its activists. And all you have to do is just head over to Porkfest. Go to porkfest.com and you can check it out. It's a really good time and it's starting up very soon. And that's going to be in the White Mountains of New Hampshire at that's, Gunstock if Mountain If you want Resort. to see Mark with his shirt off, this is your best chance. <laughs> I have to say I would really enjoy seeing some of the women from the shrine <laughs> With appearing. their shirts off? Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm a gentleman, please. Of course. Absolutely. I may be a rogue, but I'm a gentleman. And, uh, be nice. I thought that's what you were going to say because we had just talked about Mark yes, with his shirt off. Yes, the connection is easily there. Okay, uh, 800-259-9231. We're in our last segment going up against the clock. And uh, Ian and Mark are away tonight, so Julia and I get to do the show. Hey, Julia, uh, we were talking a little bit about the air travel, and Sam called in, and, and that, that troubles me a lot. And we are also talking about money. Uh, we had a call a little bit earlier from someone who is a trucker, and he was saying that you know he really thinks that uh, it would be a good idea for people to be essentially forced to have to help others to give more up in taxes. And we talked about a couple of the problems with that. And, and you know people who believe the same thing. They, they yes. think that the government well, should be used They've come this. up with this term, working class. He used it, and I hear people use it all the time. Yeah. And it's a nice buzzword that the politicians use because most of Americans work hard, and so I guess they're considered the, the working class. And the gentleman who called mentioned that they're living paycheck to paycheck, and that's not fair. However, are every single one of those people who are living paycheck to paycheck, are they necessarily saving money? Are they, do, are they managing their money properly? And if not, and even if so, do I have judge? an obligation to give them money because yeah. I maybe have a little more money? And how, who am I to judge you? Let's say... That uh, we look at, the, he mentioned the big guy, Rush. You know, right. Let's say he earns $40 million He mentioned that he had five houses. Yeah. I don't, who cares? Yeah. I don't give a squad how many houses he has. Maybe. And, you know, now I'm getting a little more intense on it. When we had the conversation with him a little earlier, we were very low key. But, you know, it's not my place to say that that's too many houses or he didn't use his money the right, right. way. Maybe I mean, he likes to vacation in those various spots. Maybe he has friends and family in those spots and he likes to go visit them a few times a year. Absolutely. Maybe he just wants to own the house and never go in it. It's Who not knows? my business. And, and you know, uh, we were talking, his name was Burton calling in from Texas. And I thought to myself, you know, someone else could, if they were in the majority, if right. they could get enough representatives on their side, like Barbara Boxer and, and Barack Obama in the Senate and things like that, maybe they could say, well, uh, Burton, you know, you didn't have to take that time to make that phone call. Uh, you know, I don't think you needed to do this or do that. Everybody's life is a subjective experience. And what we want to do should not be influenced or regulated by someone else if we're not bringing direct harm to someone at all. And I believe that even if we are going to bring direct harm to someone, we should be in voluntary societies where we come up with our own rules about how we're going to live our lives. And what Burton was doing there was saying, well, Rush earns $40 million, So, you know, he doesn't need this house or that house. Well, 
you know, you go ahead and walk up to him and, and try to do that. You would never do that. But through government, you would do it. Julia, you well, might earn more than somebody uh, who works over where you work. Um, uh, should they be able to come up to you and say, hey, Julia, you know, you shouldn't have that, that DVD that you bought. Uh, because you have too much. I have less than you do. You don't need that. You should give it to me. Where does it stop? It is purely subjective, and the further down you go on the economic ladder, the more you can say, well, why not uh, let this person who earns $20,000 a year take from the person who earns $40,000 a year? It, it's just an absolute mess. It's unethical, and it needs to yeah, stop. What The important issue here is that if you want to be free to spend your money as you see fit, then you need to let other people be free to have as much money and spend as much money as they want. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh didn't just poof forty million dollars appeared or whatever he makes. He worked hard and gave people what they wanted and earned it. Right. And you get what you work for in life. Exactly. And, of course, the idea that somehow government is going to make things more fair when we know that people like Barack Obama, people like Hillary Clinton, people like John McCain, they answer to certain interest groups as great and Teflon-coated they like to appear. Right. They are the ones who are corrupt. They are the ones who How take come money. Maybe Barack Obama should take his paycheck and give a little to Burton. Right. And all we have to do is look at their oath to uphold this document the Constitution, which I don't think even goes far enough to protect liberty, but they swear an oath to uphold it, and they use it as toilet paper all the time. And I know that sounds extreme, but they do. If you, For example, ask John McCain if he's in favor of federalism. He called himself a federalist just before Memorial Day. He said, I'm a federalist, this old federalist. You're, you're so damn far from a federalist it makes me sick. Just to have anybody approach you and say, oh, then if you're a federalist, are you in favor of the states making their own decisions? about drug laws? I, of course not. He's by not. his voting record? Absolutely not. And people have nailed him here by setting the questions up in that order because they're smarter than he is. And they know what he's going to say in the first case. Uh, they ask, do you support states' rights? Oh, yes, I am. Absolutely. Well, then, therefore, do you support the states making their own decisions? Oh, well, that's a different story. No, yeah. it's not. You're a hypocrite. That's yeah. what the story is. Politicians say whatever they need to say to get voted. That's what Barack Obama does. Yes. That's what Hillary Clinton does. It's what John McCain does. Mm-hmm. He's just saying that to get your vote. You think he's actually going to do something that's Absolutely going to make right. you wealthier? The and answer, you think if he takes more money from rich people that you're going to see it? Please. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The answer is stop government any way you can. Whether you have to get involved by participating and getting here in the state of New Hampshire in the legislature, whether you have to do it through nonviolent protest, by writing letters, by talking to people, by going up to news reporters and giving them information, not in a crazy, I've got a, an implant in my head sort of way, but saying, hey, I was watching this. Did you know this? Do you ever include these sorts of things in your stories? These are all things that are so important. And maybe the United States is going to go down the tubes in a socialistic way it already has you know it already has i mean let's let's not kid ourselves but if we congregate in one area maybe we can make a difference in new hampshire it's possible 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us we had so many other stories to discuss that uh we're probably not going to be able to get to all of them Ooh, but of we course, have a phone call though let's get right to all it all right we've got steve in colorado who wants to talk about obama steve will sneak in right away thank you very much for the call you're on free talk live with gardner and julia well, hey there, Gardner and Julia. How you doing? All right. Excellent. Um, listen, uh, I I talked to Gardner today on his show about uh, not voting for John McCain, but I I think that I have a reason to maybe vote for Obama. And keep in mind, my tongue is in my cheek. Okay. So don't freak out. Uh, and the reason is is that Iran is stronger now than when George Bush took office, and the fact that we have not talked to them 
means that they have been developing nuclear weapons. Therefore, we should perhaps vote, consider voting for Obama. Oh, wait, it was Obama who said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Obama who's banging the drums of war to go to war with Iran. This is so, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, so these, you know, the, the thing, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. I See, I drive a lot, and I think about this stuff all day long. And I just can't wrap my head around why, for example, in 2004, the peace movement became the John Kerry movement, when clearly John Kerry was a war hawk. Oh, absolutely well, right. And one and, thing... And why... Go ahead, Julia. Sorry. I was going to say, something that drives me absolutely nuts, these people who are the part of the peace movement and, and the anti-Bush movement, they praise the Democrats. Are you telling me that Clinton never dropped a bomb anywhere? But for some reason, oh, we don't no talk kidding. about that. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Listen, I had a guy look me straight in the face and without batting an eye and without a hint of sarcasm on his face, uh, asked me how come I hated the peace party so much. And I said, well... Which party would that be? And he said, why, the Democrat Party, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I said, are you joking? Do you want to count bodies? Do you really want to count bodies? And you know what? Guess who's going to come, on, come out on top of that one? And, and you know what, my friend? Uh, we didn't get to talk about this uh, earlier today when you called in, but I, I got a lot of abuse on Memorial Day because I was talking about how um, you know I, I really didn't like the uh, excuses that they gave for the Civil War and the World War II and things like that. And Barack Obama and, and Hillary Clinton and George Bush and McCain were disrespecting the soldiers. There was no declaration of war. Some guy called in and said, I fought for your freedoms. I was going to ask him, Really? In what wars were you fighting? He said, I fought for your freedom to speak. And I said, tell me which war gave me, protected my freedom of speech. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 